Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now here's a message from one of the pastors here at The Rock. And amen. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you very, very much. You know, I have the assignment um, to preach uh, on Re- Book of Revelation. A lot of people get this word wrong. It's not revelation. It was revelation. It was one revelation that was revealed from John, and he, he wrote it all out. And there were letters in the second chapter to different churches. And Pastor Joseph had the assignment last week, and we skipped a letter, and that letter I'm going to kind of do, and that's the letter of per- Per, 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 Pergamum. Okay, so I'm not, you know, a Bible scholar, so I'm going to kind of muddy through this, but it's okay, because I know who the teacher of the church is, and the teacher of the church is the Holy Spirit, and make no mistake, he supersedes our inabilities, and he sets captives free through his word, and he brings a word in due season, and hold on, because God has a word for you. I, um, I, I often scratch my head and say, man, Lord, why did you pick me? Little old me, insignificant me. And the Lord always corrects me. That is not your problem. <laughs> that is my problem. And you're my problem. And I picked you, so own it. So here I am today, ministering the Word of God, even with these up and down conditions, because I know God is true to His Word, and His power and His authority is on it, and if you're in this house, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. The purpose of this this letter to Pergamum was this was a church in compromise, and there was, a more, there, was a, there was a purpose and a plan for this church existence. But they got stuck in a compromised position. So Jesus writes a letter to the church for a correction. And he let them know that there are some things that you need to deal with. And oftentimes, when we open up the Word of God, we find things that we like and other things that we don't like. We love the scriptures that tell us where God blesses us. We hate the scriptures where there's a rebuke. We could do devotions on, oh my God, I got blessings upon blessings upon blessings. But when it comes to correction, I don't like that. And we flip the page. And oftentimes we do selective reading. And in this case, they did selective believing. When this church existed, this church was a strong church. This church was birthed in a metropolitan area called Pergamum, and it was an enlightened city. As a matter of fact, they had a big old temple called the Temple of Zeus. There's a model in Germany. If you look it up online, it was a big, beautiful temple to the god Zeus. And they worshiped there, and they taught there, And they did all these things there that were actually very, very incredible because these were incredible people. In the midst of that, God births a church. And that church starts off very well, 
but is in need of a correction from Jesus. Sometimes we start well, then we divert. And I've said this many, many times when I've encouraged people. Hey, when you're off a little, you can be off a lot. If I'm drawing a line, a straight line with geography, and I'm off by a centimeter or an inch, and I go down a couple miles, I am miles away from where we started. And sometimes the Lord has to get us back to center point. Get us back to what is important. Get us back to what you heard today. What is priority? What is the real issue? What is the real purpose? What is the real plan? What is the focus? And that's what Jesus was doing. All he was doing is was sending some words to this church to correct themselves so they could line back up. And we as humans get off course very easily. And I know we're in the midst of a political battle and all this stuff's going on and COVID, but guess what? I'm dealing with eternal things and so are you. It's called Jesus Christ, the eternal one, and that's who we're dealing with. We're not dealing with these outside forces. We're not dealing with this outside sickness. We're dealing with something that is eternal, and that's his word, and that's Jesus Christ. And when we forget that, we go off course. We start muddying in the thickets. We start getting in arguments, in petty discussions, in debates, especially online, which I refuse to debate with people who did not follow the word. I just refuse to because it's a time waster. And what Jesus wants to do is line us up. And what does he say to this church? Look at the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 2, verse 12 through 17. To the angel of the church of Pergamum, I write, these things I say, he who has a two-edged sword, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and who fall fast in my name and do not deny my faith even in the days of Antipas, my faithful martyr, who was killed among you where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you, and there it is, because you have therefore those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught that Barak to a stumbling block, therefore to the children of Israel, to eat the things sacrificed to idols and commit sexual morality. Thus, you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which these things I hate. Here's the correction. Repent, or else I'll come quickly, and I'll fight against them with the sword of my mouth. You as an ear... Let him hear what he, the Spirit is saying to the church. But he who overcomes, I will give you hidden manna to eat, and I'll give him a white stone, and on that stone a new name will be written, and no one knows except who receives it. So here we see a pattern. 
So John was pinning a pattern. Chasing after unhealthy and ungodly leads to destruction. There was an unhealthy pattern in this church. There were false teachers that were among them, and they bit the bait of untruth doctrine, which became poison to the soul of the church. And Jesus was sending an autocorrection, and people were gravitating away from the gospel to the lies of prophets and men. And there was a line drawn into the sand. And Jesus was setting order and setting correction. These patterns became patterns of destruction. Every time you chase unhealthy and ungodly, it leads to destruction. Every time. The Bible says, uh, you know, good Bad company corrupts good morals. If you are around it, you're going to get stung. If you're in bed with it, you're going to get hurt. If you are entertaining it, if you're, here's a big word, tolerating it, you are going to get deceived and your faith is going to fail you. I can't tell you how many times I've had spiritual guidances and counsel. I remember I was dealing with a man who was dealing with a very unhealthy relationship. Very unhealthy. His wife went out on him and she kept, and she couldn't break, she couldn't do these things. And he just refused, she refused to submit to the authority of the word, the counsel of the church, and anything godly. And then I felt something inside of me to warn her. And I gave her a word. And the word was some scripture tied with this word. And I said it this way. There is an accident waiting to happen. And you're a part of the association of that accident. You need to get out of the way so God can deal with the person or else you're going to get stung in that association. What does that mean? That when we entertain and tolerate evil, we become it. When we entertain and tolerate lies, we become the lies. That's why I've always said half-truths are whole lies. Half-truths are always whole lies. And what the enemy loves to do is give you a little bit and then you swallow the lie and then you're stung and then you're deceived. And then he loves to double down with that deception and then judge God, judge everybody, and then you're out of the church. And instead of getting healthy, you're attracted to unhealthy. Everybody still with me? I know this is a hard word, but this is not my word. This is God's word, okay? You know, as a matter of fact, one scripture says this, and I pass it, I'm going to read it to you. It says, uh, Proverbs 17, 15 says this, He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the righteous, both of them are like an abomination to the Lord. Did you hear that? He who justifies the wicked... And he who condemns the righteous, both of them are an abomination to the Lord. There should be a fear in us to become an abomination to the Lord. And that fear is not to be attracted to evil people. 
and not to be attracted to evil ideas and not to be attracted to non-truth behaviors. There's a lot of people in the culture today that say really good things, but they're very bad people. And unless you rip that veneer, you're going to follow the bad that they're telling you. And there's an obsession in culture to hear these things. And what you hear, you become. And what you believe, you become. So there's this order that Jesus is trying to set in Pergamum and saying, hey man, be careful because these people are dangerous. As a matter of fact, Balaam was a prophet that was very, very dangerous. And his translation of his word, of his name means destroyer. And then he concocted this plan to the children of Israel. And he said, if I can't get them to believe lies, I'm going to get them into bad behavior. In the book of Numbers, and I'm going to jump there. Follow with me, guys, in the back. In the book of Numbers, he says this. And I, want, I really want to kind of highlight this because this kind of kicks this stuff off. Numbers 25 verses 1 through 3. And while Israel, now this is the backdrop of Balaam. Balaam has already put his stuff in order and the children of Israel were not biting. It's a bunch of lies, a bunch of false teaching. But right here in the book of Numbers, he unzips this. He says, the book, he says, while Israel was stained with uh, Shinnamite, the men who indulged in sexual immorality, the Moabite women, they invited them, there's the invitation, to sacrifice to their gods. And here it is. The people ate, sacrificed the meal, bowed before the gods. And so, there it is, verse 3. So Israel yoked themselves with Baal of Peor and the Lord's anger burned against them. There was deception, there was manipulation, there was lies, those lies were believed by Israel, and because Balaam could not curse them, they cursed themselves with their behaviors. And they fell into the trap of canceling their blessing. And they bit the bait of Satan and were manipulated by this liar, Balaam. And that's the warning to us today. When we believe the lies and we entertain and tolerate them, we become them. And this is why we center back to the Word of God. This is the center of our truth. If we de de delineate or divert from this, we are off a lot, my friend. That's why every teacher and every preacher of this house, when they come up here, they're not preaching their ideas, they're preaching the Word of God. We're not going to delineate and de deviate from political things, social gospel. We're going to say, the Word says this, and I'm believing it, and you need to too. And when we compromise this Word, we fail. And you will fail and you will find yourselves believing doctrines of demons and you will go to hell. I'm so sorry to tell you. So sorry. 
I am so sorry. Here's why. Because there is a deception in this world going on today. And there's a cloud of it. And many are following the voices of these false prophets. And they're not opening up the word and discerning. They're not opening up the word and believing. They are believing the lie of what the world has told them. And they're going to find themselves in destructive behaviors and patterns. And they will not get out. They'll blame the church. And they'll blame the preachers. And they'll blame the righteous. But they will never call evil for what it is. It is evil. And when evil exists, you need to run from it. And if you don't, and I'm talking to some of you that are in illicit relationships and you're finding and you're riding the line. You're not being personal with your wife. You're not being personal with your husband. You're entertaining chatter of other relationships and you're going to destroy your relationship. And I'm warning you today. I'm warning you today. There is safety in that covenant of that marital bond. Don't deviate from that. Because when you entertain something, you will drink the poison. And all of a sudden, the enemy will double down and you will die with that relationship. And in so many times, and it so breaks my heart as a pastor, to see people down that slippery slope of tolerance and deception, and instead of saying, you know what, Lord, I am so sorry and I repent, they will continue. They will continue. And my heart breaks, and don't you think Jesus' heart breaks? You know, the Bible says this in Galatians. He says, Galatians chapter 5, verses 7 through 10. In the Message Bible, everybody still with me? Okay. In the Message Bible, you are running superbly. Who cut on you? Who cut in on you? Deflecting you from the truth, course of obedience. Who detoured? This detour does not come from the one who called you into the race of the first place. Please don't toss off as insignificant. It is only takes a minute, yet the yeast, you know, to permanently entire, to entire the loaf of bread. Deep down, the master has given me confidence that you will not defect. But the one who upsetting you, he is and will bear divine judgment. This is why, church, we need the Holy Spirit's discernment. And I am praying for discernment for you. I'm praying for a resurgent of that gift of discernment. The ability to be able to kind of be aware and read your times and the times and the seasons that you're in. The ability to say, you know what, there's a check in my spirit and my Bible tells me as well as my spirit tells me I'm running from this relationship. I'm running from this business deal. I'm running from this contract that is, is full of things that I just can't settle in. That is the discernment of the church. That's the discernment of the Holy Spirit. You get that by knowing his word, and you get that by knowing the Holy Spirit. 
If you don't know something, he does. You check in there and have him give you the green light. But please don't go on your feelings and your emotions on what you think because you will fail. The discernment comes and says, back off. The discernment says, go right instead of left. The discernment comes and says, stay away, man. Back off. Step back. I know you want to jump in, but let me work it out. No, but we want to help God. I was dealing with another guy, and he kept on calling me, and I, and I said, you know what? Uh, this, this, this individual... I know you're trying to, I'm going to say it, say it this way. I know you're trying to help her out, but leave her alone. Her marriage is not well. She's not sound. Things are happening. I heard about what's happening. But I'm telling you, brother, leave her alone. And he says, no, 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 I just want to help her out. I just want to help her out. And it was about a month later, he shows up to my door. He falls prostrate on, onto the floor, and he's crying. He says, I committed adultery with the girl you told me to stay away from. And he was warned. And that brother has suffered this whole time because of that one decision of not listening and discerning. And I'm talking to some in the church today, and I'm talking to you online. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you through the word and through the authority, please don't deny it. Please receive it and receive the correction like a, a good Christian and say, God, help me because I can't help myself right now. Help me to back off. Help me to get wisdom. Help me to get into the word. Help me to get into the Holy Spirit. Help me to pray this thing through and help me, Jesus, to go in front of me. So this is not poison to my soul and to my relationship and deception on my children. As a matter of fact, that individual has suffered not just because the consequences of his sin, his own children have doubled down on his bad decision. And it's poison. And I'm telling you, sexual morality is all over the landscape. We are sexually sick culture. All you have to do is turn on the TV or go on to the internet and it's polluted with deceptive ideas, craziness, and things that some of you do in secret. And that's where the Lord has to wake you up and say, hey man, receive the correction so now you can grow up into all ways of him. Now I digress. Book of John 10 says this, the enemy comes to steal Kill and destroy. When you listen to those who are in destruction patterns and you follow, you will fail. What you're believing and what you're doing is a product of who you are. When the book of Re Revelation was taught to the church, the Lord told them there is false prophets and deception among you. Stay away and repent. Back off. Don't do those things. Don't become those things. Don't identify with those things. Or else, the Bible says, I'm going to come to set order, Jesus says. And when I come to correct, and you're in the midst of them, I'm correcting you. This is not a message of condemnation. Believe me, I'm the last person to be preaching this message. 
I have received grace and mercy in time of need. This is a message of health and Holy Spirit's power and the ability to get the job done on your behalf when you can't do it. You will not survive the world's onslaught of lies and deception. And I'm telling you, as my name is Pastor Joel, Jesus is saying, hey man, receive truth and you will live. Retrieve the authority and you will live. Receive health. It's good like medicine to the bones, the Bible says. There's a lot of things I don't like. You know, I have a funny saying, you know, to the guys that I go pray with. And I say, look, you know, oftentimes the Lord's telling me, you know, I'm like, I don't like this. And I don't like that. And I don't like this. And, I, and the Holy Spirit really just whispers this into my ear. You know, who cares what you like? It doesn't matter what you like. It matters what I like. And if I like it, you need to like it. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I receive correction. We're always on this thing. Well, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like this. I don't like the food. It's like spoiled brat kids, you know, giving a dinner to them. and say, like, well, I'm going to pick out this and pick out that. And I pick, you know, I like what one comedian says. You know, we are so poor. When, when, all, the, when all my seven brothers were taking, saying, I don't like this. I don't like that. We turned around. Their food was gone. Because in our family, we barely had enough. You know, the Lord is setting a table before you. He's setting the bread of life. And he's setting good food. Don't deny it. He's setting correction. Hey, receive it. There's something in, in I know in restoration in the many years that I've done it. Those that receive the health and the blessing of the Holy Spirit, which often come, comes in correction, comes blessing. When you do these things... You will be blessed, the Bible says. But some of us want the blessing and no correction, no truth. We want to live in the lie and expect not to get hurt. And that's what the enemy, what the enemy wanted these guys to do, and God was not going to do it. The culture will never heal you, Jesus will. The culture will never heal us. Society will never heal us. Ideas from the world will never heal us, but Jesus will heal you. The culture will lead you away oftentimes from the church and it will destroy you. You look for healthy teaching, healthy leadership, healthy men and women of God that love the truth and run after those people and not unhealthy cultural ideas. There was idolatry in the church. And the idolatry in the church today has taken a different fashion. It's the idol of self. It's self-idolatry. It's a king to you. It's a king to your idea. It's you worship your feelings. You worship your emotions. You worship who you are as a person. That's self-idolatry. And our culture is riddled with it. Men of God are getting sucked into self-idol worship. They're looking cool, they're looking fascinating, they're looking amazing, they're gifted, and they're anointed, and they're failing. Every time our head rises up to self-worship, we have an issue with God. 
and we have an issue with his church. And oftentimes, what the Lord wants to do, and like he did in the book of Revelation, is correct that idolized spirit because it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about kingdom and kingdom purpose and kingdom plan. And I'm talking to you online today. You might get offended at what I'm telling you, but you're not the end game. It is Christ and him crucified inside of you. He's the boss. He's the authority. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what you believe. It matters what the word declares, and it matters what the boss says. And I'm signed up. When I was seven years old, and I went to the altar of God, and I cried out, Jesus, please, I'm signing up, and I haven't looked back, friends. I've suffered some woundings, I've suffered some abuses, I've suffered some manipulation and lies and deception, but I got back on track and the Holy Spirit corrected me and I said, I sign up and I go back to my first love and that first love is Christ and Him crucified. I go back to the center, not man, God, I go back to the focus, the Holy Spirit inside of me, the power and the glory of him who called me from darkness into light. I'm preaching good. I am, not because of me. But he toppled this king me. And he said, until you get out of the way, I could never heal you. Until you get out of the way, I could never use you. You will limit your, my capacity the more you're involved in your mess. So I'm going to tell you a correction the Holy Spirit told me. He said, you don't even know me. You've been product of the church. You've been mentored by people in the church. And you're far from me, my friend. And he did an auto-correction inside my soul. And I had to break down and cry and weep bitter tears. And I said, Lord, how did I miss it? He, because you were stuck on you. You were stuck on what happened to you. You were stuck on who hurt you. You were stuck on who deceived you. You were stuck on the enemy's plan. But I got a better plan. And that better plan supersedes his plan. And he might have hurt you as a little boy. But I come to heal you as a man. And I've given you authority to send enemies to flight. And when you stand up and you position yourself and your authority, I will use you to send demons to flee. And I signed up and I haven't looked back. And if I die in the promise, in the process, I die in Christ and I win. The coronavirus is going to take me out. If I die in the process, we win, church. It doesn't matter who's in office. Who mat it's matter who's king. And whose matters is that authority in the church. That authority is Christ. Number one, when we tolerate evil, how do we overcome these compromised positions? Number one, tolerating evil. When we tolerate evil, destruction will come. When we tolerate this and compromise, we tolerate this destruction. Revelation says, do you, I know your works. 
I know where you dwell. You're in Satan's domain territory, but don't deny the faith like Antipas. Antipas was a guy who was in the middle of all this craziness and stood up for his face and died as a martyr. He said, that's my guy. So in the devil's den, you need to act like him. And when there's persecution on you and they're beating up on you and they're judging you, rise up off the ashes and do what my martyr brother, anointed follower of Christ did and die with him. And when you do, there's value. When you do, Jesus knew that they were living amongst evil. And the Bible says in the book of John that I've put you in the world, but you're not of the world. The world hated them and they will hate you, he says, and not only the world, but I am not of the world. Verse 15 in John 17. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil one. See, sometimes we want magic. We want this magic pill. Lord, keep me from all this ungodliness and evil people. And the Lord is saying, I'm going to plant you exactly right in the enemy's territory, and I'm going to use you mightily, but you better wake up. Don't fall snare into their lies. Don't give in to their deception and have truths. You stay laser focused, and I will use you. We, the Lord is not going to remove us from this world till he's ready. But until he does, we will become full-time ministers, will become first-time gospel preachers, and we will have a testimony inside of us that sends the enemy to go. That, my friend, is the power of the gospel inside of you in me. Number two, tolerating evil causes you to do evil. So a man thinketh so he is. What Balaam couldn't do, he tried to do, because he couldn't curse the people, he allowed them to curse themselves. And that's why the book of Revelation says, these things I have against you, verse 2, 14, chapter 2, verse 14. Because those that hold, that word hold in the Greek, is you took it inside. You believed the lie of Balaam. You drank the poison, and now the poison is inside of you. Those that were a stumbling block to the children of Israel and ate to sacrifice to idols and committed sexual morality. Those hold the same doctrine, upgraded. See, the enemy has no new tricks, folks. What he did in years past, he'll still do again. But you got to be wise to his deception, He's a manipulator, he's a stealer, he's a liar. That's his M.O. He don't want you to succeed. He don't want you to love your family. He don't want you to behave. He wants you to lose control. He wants you to be lying to yourself and everybody else. He don't want you to come under your parent, the parental authority. He wants, you to, he wants you to be rebellious. He wants you to kick against the goads. He wants you to do what he wants you to do. Well, I'm here to tell you, I give no power, no authority to the enemy because he has none. He's a liar, he's a thief, and he's a stealer, and he remains that. So anytime that spirit is around me, I'm going the exact opposite. Amen? I couldn't get it as a teenager. I always thought that my parents were against me as a teenager. All they want me to do is go to church. That's what I tell my dad. All you want me to do is go to church. Come to find out the house of God has saved me many problems. Come to find out it is in the house of God where righteousness is taught. 
It is in the house of God where health resides. The most healthiest people are in the church. I thought some of the most jacked up people. Yeah, but redeemed people that are jacked up are redeemed people and they can get their laser focus on Christ and they become godly people. Not perfect people. And everything I kicked against to as a teenager, I've come to find out, teenagers, I was wrong. The wisdom my mom gave me, the value my dad gave me, he was right. And when we receive this poison of the cultures, and I'm talking to you young people today that have been deceived by saying that all people and all values and all commitment and all faith doesn't matter. It does matter. Especially if it's planted and rooted in the Word of God. Because that Word of God, my Bible tells me, lasts forever, O oh Lord. And the reason why... Now I am in a healthy position. It's because God healed me and set me free. Corrected the mind, corrected the heart, and got me on track with him. And he does the same thing for you. He's no respecter of persons. He's no respecter of persons. Unfortunately, we live by this word called tolerance. It's a big word, tolerance. As the acknowledgement, acknowledgement of other beliefs, it has come, listen, it has come to mean a full acceptance of those beliefs. And of course, this is a definition that logically doesn't make sense because it, it embraces the type of tolerance that includes personal opinion and belief. Christians are not... To endorse religious beliefs they need, that they encounter, they need to endorse what the Bible teaches. Don't tolerate the foolish world ideas, secular humanism. Don't tolerate the intoxication of the devaluating of truth. Because in their world, there is no truth. Truth is whatever you call it to be. Truth is whatever you name it. If you name this as truth, I have a little dog. Her name is Olive. If I say Olive is queen, which she thinks she is, in the world of secular humanism, she's queen. In my world of what the Bible says, I have a dominion over animals. I am not to worship them. That's where we're at with the culture, right? Worshipping animals. And the Bible says in book of Revelation that he will exchange natural for unnatural and they will exchange a lie for a worshipping self and it's a slippery slope of moral deception and that's where we're at today. We're worshipping people. We're worshiping ourselves. We're worshiping fanatical, ungodly ideas that are not based on the foundation of the truth. I am about tolerance, but I become very intolerant when there's a line under the sand and they have something against my word. And there's something against the authority of that word. Well, pastor, it's a matter of interpretation. Oh, really? It's a matter of discernment and truth. 
And unless God comes to you and discerns that for you, you are always going to stay in darkness, my friend. And this is what Jesus was trying to do. He was trying to get them away from this. Somebody said this. Thomas Mann said this. Tolerance becomes a crime when evil is applied. If we commit to teach about tolerance and intolerance of good and evil, then we'll end up tolerating evil. That's how the deception in Germany happened. It started with you're great, I'm great, we're great, we don't need anybody else. And they became very intolerant to the word and to the authority and they took over the world or at least attempted to with a lie. Because this big word, tolerance. And Nazi Germany came in like a flood and deceived many, including those in the church. And there were a few gospel preachers that rose up and got their necks cut off for standing with the truth. I am telling you that is where we're heading. That's exactly where we're heading. So Christians, get your Bibles out and become study fanatics and lovers of Jesus and passionate about what he has it for you or else you're going to get sideswiped in this community of so-called believers and they're non-believers. So-called faith teachers and they're teachers of worldly ideas. Am I offending you? I hope I'm not. But if the Lord is convicting you, please pay attention. Last thing, number three, develop a hunger for a dependency on God and the value for your provision. Why? Look at the book of Revelation. Chapter 2, verse 17. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And he who overcomes, and that's you and me, I will give hidden manna to eat, and I'll give them a white stone, and on that stone I'll have a new name on it, and no one knows that except who receives that. Hidden manna is a reference to spiritual food against the idolatry of the food given in the temple. Then he said, I will give you white stones. What does that mean? In Pergamum, it was a seat in commission of authority. The city had authority and it had a government. And oftentimes when you stood before the council and you were guilty, they would hand you a dark stone. And that stone, the way they gave out the, 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 the jury, when they gave out the indictment, they would hand you the dark stone. And when you seen that dark stone, it would call you guilty in their court. And here Jesus is referencing, I'm going to give you a white stone. And that white stone has your name on it. And that name will cancel out all evil. 
and will cancel out all obligation from the enemy. And on this stone, your name will be written, and that name is written in the book of life. And the Bible said, I am the chief cornerstone that I will build my church on, and that stone I'm handing to you, church, and this stone he's handing to you and handing to me, let's not get caught with the dark stone. Let's get caught with the white stone. And this white stone is eternal because this is my identity. I will have a new name. I will have a new position. And I will have a new authority. And I will have a new obligation. And that obligation is given to me by Christ and Christ alone. No human government will do that for you. No person will do that for you. And that's what Jesus was referencing. Hey, church, get with it, because I have something valuable. And he said this. He says, if you do this, I will give you manna from heaven, hidden manna. Why? Because it's hidden mysteries of God. These are secrets and found gems in the scripture. I guarantee you, you go at it with the Holy Spirit and you will find gem after gem after gem after gem after truth after truth and he will value and you will eat and you will be consumed with this word. And this word is health to you. This word is life to you. This word is food, not idolatry. Have you tasted fake food? You know, someone gave Taco Bell the number one, I read this, uh, yeah, no, the number one Mexican food on the United States is Taco Bell. And some Latino wisely wrote and posted, Mexicans, this is what happens when you don't vote. <laughs> I loved it. Although they have Mexican food, it's nothing like my mama made. Those were real tortillas and real beans and rice, and it was real Jesus Christ. Man, she rolled out that pin, and she made those homemade tortillas, and they're nothing like the Gordo tacos in Taco Bell. That's fake food. Let me tell you, there's some real food here. This is the Word of God, and you sustain yourself by it. Well, you're a pastor, you have to say that. No, no, I'm saying it to you, Christian. I'm saying it to you, young person. You know, I learned, part of my journey and my learning is this, borrowed beliefs have no power. I cannot borrow my beliefs of my forefathers. I have to take them as myself. And until we do that, we will never grow into all aspects of him. The Lord was asking his church to change. The Lord was pleading for his church for an element of godliness to infuse. He gave them a new name. He gave them a new manna. What does it take to compromise your position? But what does it take to stand against your compromised position? Stop tolerating evil. Stop consuming evil. Stop accepting evil and develop a hunger and a dependency on God and his provision. Stop looking at the world for answers and start looking to Jesus Christ as the answer and start using your authority to push back everything the enemy has stolen from you. Stop getting beat by him. 
Fight back. And you fight back with the authority inside of you. In this journey that I've been on in a, in a month, I keep on hearing this from the Lord in my prayer time. Don't stop because I'm not. Don't stop because I'm not. I'm up to something good, Joel. I'm up to something beautiful. You can't see it right now, but I got something for you. There is blessing on the horizon, but keep on fighting. When I seen my brother-in-law on his deathbed, I got a word for myself, not for him, for myself. He said, you see your brother-in-law who's fighting for his life? He told me then, he told me this, the Holy Spirit told me this walking out of the hospital. He said this, he said, fight for life. You fight for life. And I'm telling you, church, you fight for your life. You fight. You hunker down. You lock in. You center focus. Faith field, spiritual field, spiritual warriors. You fight for life. And when we do, we have the life giver given to us. And his name is Jesus Christ. Did you get anything out of it tonight? Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.